From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Owl Ramsey here as well. And, uh, you know, I always say an old friend. That's not what I... A long-time friend, Gardal Wilson, back over with again, us tonight. Over again, over again. Hey, so home. good to have you back, and yes. uh, you you brought a a beautiful guest with you tonight. Oh, yes. You want to introduce her real quick? lovely, wife, Dorothy. All welcome, right, welcome. Dorothy. Great to have you with us in the studio with us. And uh, friends, tonight we're going to be talking about fathering and the importance of fathers. And we, we take you back uh, here at the top to uh, the prayer summit that uh, many of us pastors went to uh, in uh, in the first part of January. And uh, remember, we go up there with absolutely no agenda, although the food is always good. That's, There's your uh, agenda kind of, right there. Kind of there. on my agenda. But no agenda, but we know differently. <laughs> you know, co- cops and pastors, you get good food uh-huh. there, they're there, you know. Always, That's how it goes. Always. Anyway, uh, we go up there, no agenda, but but to pray for two and a half, three days and listen to what God tells us. And this is what... Uh, he, he laid on our hearts this year, this statement, a covenant between pastors in our town. Reflecting the Father heart of God, we covenant together to model and champion biblical fathering and to advocate for the fatherless within our spheres of influence. So we're going to unpack that uh, during our hour here together, uh, think about what God has to say about fathering. And uh, by the way, if you would like to email us during the, the program, if you have any nuggets of wisdom on fathering, uh, you can uh, email them to mdouglas, that's with two S's, mdouglas, at vibrantcommunities.org, and we'd be happy uh, to read that. On the air, we uh, we join the Greater Modesto Ministerial Association Mission Greater Modesto in mourning the loss of one of the great pastors of our town, uh, Dr. Joe Tyler. Uh, Joe is the senior pastor of uh, Progressive Missionary Baptist Church there on Fourth Street on the West Side, and and Joe has just Joe is a saint, guard all just just a saint and. Uh, he's been a faithful prayer intercessor with us every single week, faithfully there for years and years and years. And, and Joe has faithfully shepherded uh, that congregation there. And, and God took him home. Oh, yes. This he, morning. And he we, was a light. He wasn't. And he? he's still a light. I didn't even Amen say to that. Amen he was that. so, his light so shines so brightly in the mm. community. And, and his family, incredible. A brother, 
pastor down in is it Fresno or exactly. I believe it is Fresno. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just just a wonderful family. And so please keep his family and his congregation in your prayers. Yes. And uh, again, we rejoice that a Joe is alive and well in the presence of the Lord. But you know what? We're going to miss him. Uh, a whole lot uh, here on, we'll on this side of eternity. We'll right? see him again. Yeah, yeah amen to that, right. brother. All right, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyr. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with another story of a Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. It's 1979, Ukraine. Galina Vilchinskaya, 23, spends the summer before her wedding teaching at a local children's camp, courageously telling kids about Jesus. The KGB commits her to a primitive concentration camp 7,000 miles from home. By the time she's released, she is covered with boils, her teeth are loose, and her hair has fallen out. But even among criminals, Galina continues to share the gospel. She says... I didn't come here to sit silently with my hands folded on my lap. I came to speak about Christ. For more true stories from VOM, go online to persecution.com. Isn't that an amazing worldview? Uh, here she is, uh, jailed, held captive, and in sores all over her body. And uh, and yet what her focus is, not on, not on the tragedy, not on the problems, but on serving. Joe. Isn't that amazing? You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. By the way, just a, a footnote to our uh, comments about our, our friend Joe Tyler. Uh, his memorial service uh, has been scheduled for Friday, March 30th. Uh, I'm sorry, Friday, March 23rd. Friday, March 23rd at 11 a.m. at Cross Point. And for those of you who haven't been around for Modesto for a while, Cross Point is used to be First Baptist. Right, They're now at Cross Point Community. Cross yes. Point Community Church, and that's Friday, March 23rd, uh, 11 in the morning. All right, let's take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way. Center for Human Services, Harvesting Futures. And uh, it's a new gleaning project focusing on youth, and we're going to be doing some of that here tonight. Uh, youth development and entrepreneurship inviting youth, 14 years and older, and adults to help reduce the amount of wasted fruit and help increase access of fresh produce to low-income families in our area. Now, volunteers are going to play a vital role in this and the success of this pilot project, and it's also a fun way to make a difference in the community. Uh, now, a large amount of citrus fruit in backyards uh, falls to the ground, and it goes mm-hmm. to waste, we know that, while the area food banks are challenged to provide fresh produce uh, to people who who are in need, so um, you know this this creates a, 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 a you know kind of an opportunity, if you will. Volunteers are needed in a couple of uh, critical areas: one, to distribute information flyers uh, to tree owners out in the College and La Loma uh, neighborhoods in our area here, and two, to glean and harvest the citrus from registered tree donors in those particular neighborhoods. Now you need. Uh, to attend, if you're interested, a brief orientation prior to the harvest event uh, and learn safety and how to use the harvesting equipment and uh, all, all those kinds of things. And volunteer teams of young people supervised by an, a, an adult volunteer. And these are kind of 
some of this kind of ties in maybe with some of the things we're going to talk about here too. Volunteer teams of young people uh, are going to be harvesting the citrus and delivering the produce to the local area food banks. Um, so that's kind of cool. The mission of um, Center for Human Services is to change lives and to build futures through programs that strengthen and support youth and families. Very, very cool. You know, so, the only fruit I'm able to grow on my property is stuff that I didn't intend to. <laughs> really? I mean, some of the best fruit trees that I, wild. I didn't even, yeah. Wild. I mean, I, I harvest weeds really <laughs> well. Yeah. Not even edible. Not weeds. What kind of weeds is I it? I said weeds, plural. Glad just want to make it. that really clear. We're I gotta yeah. clarify that one. Right. What kind of weeds yeah. do you harvest? Those, uh, they're no, they're those uh, what do you call them? Goat head things. You know those things? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the oh. Well, and you, you, you step oh, on them and it's like step oh, on them and you yeah. can't. You, oh, if you terrible. step on them, you can't walk. Those on your are feet nasty alive. little those things. Horrible. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Bad stuff. I grow those really well. Those <laughs> things. You grow those titanium things. Titanium <laughs> weeds. Stuff. That's my specialty <laughs> right here. Toxic stuff. Hard to kill. Hard to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. Did I interrupt you? <laughs> you with, did, but well, that's what you. That's what I do well. What you do. All right. Okay. Give you give you a little quiz here. See if. You remember what DRAIL stands for? He's Disability quiet. That's what I do. Resource and Independent Living. You are so good. Is that close? Yes, yeah, very I close. Did you wow. did it. Ding, 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 ding. What did you win? Nothing. AARP's proud. Oh, man. You said the A word. That gets you every time. Oh, man. AARP. They keep those cards and letters. Anyway, our friends at Drail, and we love them. Yes, we do. Are hosting the fourth annual Cesar Chavez celebration, and it's happening Friday, March 30th from 11 to 3. And we uh, chime in on this. It was there last year, and it was just a great mm-hmm. celebration indeed. And it's going to be outdoor this year. We don't know what the weather's going to be, but uh, we're just going to take our chances on that. Um, and uh, this free outdoor event uh, is establishing community unity. And it's going to be featuring free blood pressure screenings, informational booths, lunch, uh, food's going to be thrown in there, and it was very, very good last year, I have to say. The entertainment, including a DJ and a live mariachi uh, music, uh, provided as well. The public is invited and requested to RSVP your attendance by Friday, March 23rd. Um, volunteers, and this is where we want uh, you to respond if you're interested, uh, needed between 7 in the morning and 3.30 in the afternoon, kind of to set up the tables, tents, Register the participants, kind of direct people to the uh, where the lunch is being held, clean up and all those things. And our lovely friends at DRAIL provide comprehensive services designed to empower and improve the quality of life for persons with disabilities. Great partners with ABC and LEC as well, the Latino Emergency Council. So we That's going to be it. Cesar Chavez Park? It okay. is going to yeah. be. So, great event. Um, yeah, great, yeah. great, great, great mm-hmm. event. Uh, the United Way of Stanislaus County is getting ready to uh, have their spring bowlathon, and this family fun event will roll into Modesto. You like that? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> On Saturday, April 28th at the McHenry Bowl with two sessions, uh, 12.30 and 2.30 uh, p.m. Individuals and uh, teams uh, alike will participate in an afternoon of bowling, refreshments, and a chance to win great prizes also. Registration is $200 per team of four 
which includes two games, shoe rental, pizza, and lots of fun. No bowling skills are required. So oh, that's, that's yeah. Good. And in fact, right down my alley. mine too. Oh, that was oh, good. That was good. That was good hey, one. that was really good. Right in down fact, hey, listen goodness. to this, guys. In fact, the lowest scoring team still wins a prize. Oh, that's okay. no one loses. Huh? Hey, I like that. I love bowling. Uh, yeah. And you're pretty good at it I too. I enjoy aren't bowling. You? That's don't, about don't the only sport I'm good at. Well, <laughs> I wasn't no. going to say that. That's not hmm. true. Well, that's yeah, it's entirely I, I, true. I, I'm very good at that. You're very. It's the only one. <laughs> Volunteers, they just. You know, 14. in high school, you know, you know those stories <laughs> about the kids. Here we go. <laughs> you know, you're the last one to get chosen. <laughs> you know, I'm going me, me, me. Uh, all right, we'll take Mike. Hey, big Susie, over here. Bring out the water, Mike. That'll be a good job for you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Ages 14 years and older, if you want to volunteer in this. Great sport. We, uh, you're needed to uh, register the teams, deliver pizza. Although you're not going to have to drive to deliver this pizza. I just want you to know at the bowling alley, you could just, you know, like walk the pizza over to the different lanes and, and kind of clean up stuff. But flexible, uh, flexible shifts are available between 1130 and, and 430. And the United Way of Stanislaus, you know, another great partnership mm-hmm. that we have. We just love all these people. Um, they advance the common good by focusing on efforts to create opportunities that improve the quality of life at all levels of our community. And if you have any questions, don't call Mike Douglas, call Barbara Borba. <laughs> she's, she's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, that's 209-524-1307, extension 113. Or you can email her, email us too during the show, but email Barbara at bborba at uwaystan.org. And closer to home uh, here at ABC, we're tracking the needs for you. We have a family from Florida relocating back here. See, they were from here, but they went there, and they're coming back. Are you with me? Okay. Okay. They were homeless, but hold on because God provides. And he provided them with a home for their family of five. And they know that this home was of God. Mm. And ABC through donations of our lovely listeners and very faithful volunteers donated beds for them, okay, to lay their little heads on. Now what we're asking uh, for is for bedding, sheets, Mm. blankets, and and things like that, for twin-size beds and for a king bed. And so won't you help us welcome them home and for their home that God has granted to them, that is. And you can do that by calling us at 209 544-9571. Again, 209-544-9571. And we can uh, deliver those uh, bedding items to them for their new beds. You know, Elaine, uh, in in preparation, once in a while I do prepare for the show. You know, I I, I do do due diligence once in a while. You know, but uh, I thought I'd bring some some quotes from luminaries about uh, not luminarias, which are different, but luminaries that have written this. Clarence Buddington Kelland on fathering. He says, "My father didn't tell me how to live; he lived and let me watch him do it." Isn't that great? William Booth, great, uh, great saint, great servant of the Lord, says, The greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. And that, wow, that, that's convicting. One more time, yeah. The greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. Hmm. 
And here's an anonymous one. God never alters the robe of righteousness to fit the men, but the men to fit the robe. <laughs> Dwight L. Moody. Dwight L. Moody. A man ought to live so that everyone knows he's a Christian, and most of all, his family ought to know. Mm. Leonard Ravenhill writes this, No man, I don't care how colossal his intellect, no man is greater than his prayer life. That's so important. Then finally, one of my favorite philosophers of all time, Bill Cosby. Now, okay. now this this one is is dated a little bit, okay? Because I mean, you have to you have to be in our generation, you know, where you get mail from ARP to uh, appreciate this quote. Anyway, Bill Cosby. I'm with you. Here, here we go. Fatherhood is pretending the present you love most is soap on a rope. Now, <laughs> that's real. It, it uh, is, and I'm just wondering uh, if it's very much. <laughs> Pretty good, Carl. You remember soap on the rope? I'm just wondering if any of our listeners or some <laughs> of our listeners remember soap, on, soap, on, soap on a rope. Anybody under 50 is going, what? Yeah. I know. You know, uh, so I, I used to, yeah. Old Spice. I, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I go to camp and I, I have my little on soap the on the rope thing and, right. and, uh, well, you probably didn't even want to know that, did you? <laughs> No one else could get you my soap on the road. No, yeah. But anyway, Bill Cosby had it. So, you know, some, some wonderful, uh, wonderful, but, but Gardall and, and Elaine, you know, as, as we have, uh, been serving in the community and, and we've been working with government and other agencies on issues like, uh, you know, the, the, the gang problems that face our community and, mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. Time and time again, we hear from law enforcement, we hear from the district attorney's office, you know, we can put a bazillion cops out there. We can prosecute people all day long. But the issue is the family and often the presence of a good role model, a male role model in the home that makes that makes the difference. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. If I could just interject mm-hmm. here with you guys. And, and, and uh, um, I have something you need to talk about, the, the presence of a, a male role model in families and I, I'm not sure about, well, I, I believe that you both had good male role models in your families. And, um, I had shared with you a while back, Mike, that I had, um, recently read an autobiography of, uh, a very famous mm. filmmaker and, and, uh, actor in, in our time. And, and I believe he received, probably received a lot of AARP mail, <laughs> a lot of fan mail yeah. and, and things yeah. like that. But a very, very famous person uh, in, in our, our time uh, didn't have uh, a male uh, – well, he had a, a father, but wasn't, uh, wasn't the kind of presence that he wanted necessarily. And he wrote a lot about it. There was a lot of pain mm. related uh, in his book. Mm. And I just want to read something from – his autobiography, and, and, and dear friends, this comes from a, a book from Marlon Brando, okay? Mm. And this is what he said. Most of my childhood memories of my father are of being ignored. Mm. I was his namesake, but nothing I did ever pleased or even interested him. He enjoyed telling me I couldn't do anything right. He had a habit of telling me I would never amount to anything. He was far more emotionally destructive than he realized I was never rewarded by him with a comment, a look, or a hug. Mm. 
Mm. How sad is that? That's devastating. Now, mm. you know, many people, even, you know, many Christians, non-Christians, people in this country and other countries as well, experience this type of father, whether he's in the home, out of the home, whatever. And, and many of our, our, uh, you know, gang related situations have this exact, exact same, um, scenario scenario in in their family situations. So, you know, when we're talking about fathers and advocating for the fathers, you know, we, we come back to this type of situation, guys. And, uh, I also, um, Mike and, and, and Gardal, you know, as you read that, can we just read the covenant one more time? Yeah, here's, here's the covenant, uh, the fathering covenant, we call it. Reflecting the father heart of God, we covenant together to model and champion biblical fathering and to advocate for the fatherless within our spheres of influence. Absolutely. And notice the action words there. Advocate. Model, champion, and advocate. advocate. Model, champion, and advocate. In other words... The key to this is not to tell people how to be good fathers. The key to this amongst us as as shepherds is we have to live this out. Absolutely. And we have no right to tell anybody how to do it until we first model it. Another one of these words on here, Mike, um, is influence that's in here also. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and reflecting these two power power words also too. in my line of work and in what it is that I do, this is one of the major factors of the end result of the young men that are in our homes that we are reaching out for to uh, for the last 10 years of non, um, non-forgotten sober living. Mm-hmm. And so many men have gone, of uh, these young men have gone awry. But what I have seen also is they're up to the age of 55 and 60 years old, the behavior is still the same of, as uh, some of those that have come into us that are 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. There has never been a, a positive father influence figure in their lives. And uh, myself and my staff have literally become fathers to these young men. It is important that I, I, I let my staff know that they have to have that. It's necessary to have that type of compassion in order to do what we do do. These guys know automatically if you are sincere or not. If you truly mean it and care about them and if you're truly compassionate, once again, we reflect it. It's our influence. We advocate it by what we do. Not so much as what we say, but what we do for these guys. And you know, a lot of times, Gardal, do you, do you know and do you think, do you feel that it doesn't matter sometimes whether these people came from a home that had money, the resource, the wealth, or, you know, it's important that... Well, it doesn't discriminate. This this is all across the board. It truly is. Being uh, affluent... I've seen it just as, it's just, just as common as mm-hmm. it is with the, uh, with the poor. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, and God spends a lot of time in His Word talking about the importance of, of Father. Yeah. And uh, Deuteronomy 10 18. And I can tell this has been underlined in my Bible for a long time. It's faded <laughs> underlined. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the mm-hmm. widow and exactly. loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. Exactly. And, and that's just the beginning. I mean, throughout scripture, uh, and, and, you know, we're talking about the effect guard all upon, uh, men, but the effect 
upon daughters oh, yes. is absolutely <laughs> Equally incredible. Yeah, oh, a- absolutely. And, you know, our, and I think one of the tragedies, Elaine, and, uh, you know, I think it's very interesting, ironic even, that Marlon Brando makes those comments because mm-hmm. our entertainment industry yes. of, of late in the past couple of decades mm-hmm. has has really vilified fathering, made fun of it. Yes. I mean, look, look at a lot of the sitcoms, you know, coming, especially coming out of what, the 1970s, 80s, into the 90s. 40, 50 years. What are the, what are the father figures basically in sitcoms? They're buffoons. Idiots. Yes, that's, yes. A good, that's a good word, Gardal. Aren't they? Buffoons. True. Yeah. They're buffoons. There is no, um, well, as we all know that the, God is family. The spirit of the Lord yes. is is the family. Exactly. And Satan is known to his main attack is to destroy the family. Mm. And that is what is he's doing with our children and our young ones now. Um what we see in media, in the streets every day, the immorality of what is being put compounded upon our children mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through every form of media that there is, radio, television, books, fashion, uh, peers. In and, every form. every, no, every And no way. major yes, influence yes. and impact upon parents. So many of them are trying to be their best friends as opposed to being their parents. Yeah. A- amen to that. And, and you know, just to, to go on with, with Marlon's uh, story there, Mike, he always craved a relationship mm, yeah. <laughs> with mm. his dad wanted it just so desperately with his mom, with his dad and his mom wrote to him, always wrote letters to his parents. He even employed his dad mm. after he got, you know, making all yes, the money from yes. the, the, the movies and, and so forth and employed his dad, but never did that relationship embraced. ever really you know, mm. solidify to, in, in a place that he really, really desperately wanted it to. And and I think we're born wanting that family um, bond. You know, that bond that yeah. you know, you, you said God was family. He yes. created us for yes. that. He's all about that mm-hmm. relationships and Mike, you're so right. We have these scriptures all the time and, and we're always sharing that. And we love Eugene Peterson's mm-hmm. version in Proverbs uh twenty three and ten he says, Don't Definitely move back the boundary lines or cheat orphans out of their property, mm. for they have a powerful advocate oh, yeah. who will go yes. to bat for them. Amen. And the other dynamic the, that we see, Elaine and, and Gardal, is when there is a negative father influence, mm-hmm. that affects the perception of who God the Father is. Oh, yes. Because that, that becomes... The, uh, the baseline for what a father is and why would I want a heavenly father when I'm, you know, and, and it just gets back to how important this job is. And I think, uh, Gardal to, to, to really get it down to its bare bones, it comes down to, and one of the quotes here mentioned that, surrendering to God and being very humble and, right and, there. and fessing up and saying, you know what, this job is bigger right than I am. There. I am. I mean, I can, I am in a, in school right now. I have a four-year-old son and a 14-year-old grandson that Dorothy and I both have custody of and are raising. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about a dynamics between a four-year-old wow. and a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. And me coming from my background, I had to learn to shut up and be humble. She tells me all the time, 
you're overreacting, you're blowing out, you're, <clears throat> you know, just, just, I'm overly protective. Mm. And I don't believe that that, that is, that that's a possible word. I really believe that you can't be too protective of your children in this day and age and time. Um, I'm just so protective about my four-year-old as I'm about my 14-year-old mm-hmm. because it's the Satan is out there to take him from Amen. us. Mm-hmm. And that's the attitude that we have. Mm. So I am being taught all over again. I have five children, but I've, and I've been a father, but I've never been a dad mm. till now. What I think, Gardel, you mentioned something that, that's highly important is the, the job is not to be a friend job is to be dad and there's a difference and and by the way as as we're talking about we're, we're focusing on fathering here because it's such an issue we are in no way lessening demeaning the role of the mother no. both are needed oh, oh, no. and 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 both bring specific skill sets specific god implanted needs to the table and our children both need both, don't they yes. and what's, what hap- and what's yes. happened in most of our yes. homes now though she's doing both jobs yes she's a typical or grandma do- or grandma right mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. we're doing mm-hmm. both jobs yeah. Yeah. And, we're and that's so and fun grandmas are so fun yeah we're yes. parents and grandparents <laughs> dorothy is you know she deals with our son on a mother basis then she's got to put on another hat and deal yeah. with our grandson mm-hmm. on a grandmother basis. And I see a close correlation to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I told her, so you just get you a sign. Grandma's my name, spoilings the game, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. but she'll catch me being uh, uh, um, not so, being soft and not being uh, directed with the boys as mm-hmm. I should be, you know? And so that balance is so necessary. There are times when I go, I, you got to handle this. I, I got, sometimes I gotta get me out of the way as far as my anger or disappointment and what the child has done. And we believe in talking it out, timing it out, you know what I mean? And if that don't work, then we'll have to go another route. Just remember that old phrase, you know, wait till your father gets home, oh. right? <laughs> and she uses, <laughs> you know, and you know, that's something that you, Something's that you never say, changed. but you know that you say that, here's another point briefly. Um, I feared my dad. Okay? I love my dad, but I also feared my dad. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another thing that's been lost here by being your son's best friend instead of your dad, the dad. Mm-hmm. Your son, I believe my son needs to fear me to the point, let me be clear of that, to where if I cross this line, there's going to be a consequence. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. Okay? And I know that if I continue to cross this line, that consequence is going to get a little bit more difficult every time. And that's an understanding. And it's also a fear that uh, I used to think, well, what do you mean? I don't want my son to be afraid of me. You know, I don't want my son to be afraid of me. But my dad just told me, yes, you do. He needs to know what you won't accept. He needs to know how far you will allow him to go before the consequence comes down. Clear-cut boundaries. God disciplines those he loves. Mm -hmm. Spare the rod. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, now, this coming up, I'm going to take my earphones off because I cannot make it through this song. (laughs) So I'm taking my earphones off, just letting you know. Give me some clean clean I cannot (laughs) deal with it. I I, I tell you what, uh, Pastor Mike has already got those Kleenexes ready, yes, uh, for this one. Phillips, Craig, and Dean here on Lighthouse Live. He's going to sling some snot and tears Did I say that? I think I did. (laughs) He wants to be like me. Great song here on Lighthouse Live. He climbs in my lap for a good night hug. He calls me dead and I call him Bob. 
bear named Pooh. It snuggles up close and says, I wanna be like it. I tuck him in bed and I kiss him goodnight. Ripping over the toys as I turn out the light. I whisper a prayer, someday you'll see. Got a father and God, cause he's seen Jesus in me. Lord, I wanna be just like you, cause he wants to be just like me. Wanna be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Help me be a living Bible, Lord, that my little boy can. And I'm sure that you know Sometimes it seems No matter how hard I try With all the pressures in life I just can't get it all right But I'm trying so hard To learn from the best Being patient and kind Fill the old tenderness Cause I know that he'll learn From the things that he sees And the Jesus he finds will be the Jesus in me. Lord, I wanna be just like him, cause he wants to be just like me. I wanna be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Tell me be a living Bible Lord that my
you know, group of pastors oh, from all over the oh. all over the country man. just got together. Oh. These three pastors and they they sing and a group form Phillips, Craig, and Dean. And when they sing, it's just uh, incredible, song. amazing music. He Powerful wants to song. be like me here on Lighthouse Live. And and that's a double edged sword, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. You know, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and but I think it's important to to identify here that God does not expect us to execute the job of fathering perfectly. No, I think that we none of us know how to do it. We 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 learn yeah. as um, with the humbling yourself and getting yourself out of the way. I am still learning how to be a, a father. Every day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm thinking about the process uh, here, Gardal, and, and one of the problems is many, many kids today are missing this process uh, totally. But, you know, if, if you look at the way God deals with us, the way Jesus de- dealt with the uh, disciples, meets us where we are, as we are. You know, and so oftentimes we want our kids to be this. Yeah. You know, but they're not that. They are who they are, where they are, as they are, and, and we need to meet them there and, and then engage in this process of tra- personal transformation. And, uh, there's, there's a little graph here in a, in a book to transform a city. Eric Swanson, Sam Wilson wrote. And they're, they're kind of steps that, that involve difficulty, obviously, but also involve time. And it goes from knowledge proceeding to values, and then all of that equates to behavior, and then that that morphs into transformation. There are steps involved in the yes. process. Yes, there are. Uh, there's no, yeah, as I was saying earlier, every day I know I'm getting to be a better father because I listen more and mm. I pay more attention to what's going on in my boys' lives. Mm. I talk to them. I communicate with them. That is, that so, is so important. important. And you know, you said something else that was important too, Gardal. You said that you're in school every day is every a classroom day. experience, isn't it? Every day, because yeah. if you do not stay diligent, they, I mean, I already, I know they're smarter than me already. I know they are. <laughs> they're just not more wiser than I am. But yes. as far as their intelligence level and how fast, quickly they pick up things in this new world of technology, well, technologies is very much a, 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 a it's it's a wonderful tool and it also can be a destructive uh, weapon. True. Don't you guys also think that today's atmosphere, today's landscape for our kids growing up is a lot different and difficult than when we were growing up? Exactly. Mm. We were told to get outside and go play. Yes. Okay. And we played with a ball or stick or whatever it is we found and had one heck of a time, had a fantastic time. Too many of our children now are held up in the house on these gadgets and and computers. And I think that um, I even caught myself getting into where it was, uh, I was allowing it to give me a little more extra time to do my own special things, uh, give my son another extra, extra half hour on there while I run and do this. And I was substituting it for a babysitter, someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, while well, Dorothy's at work all day, and so I, I pretty much have the opportunity to be with the boys. And uh, I was find my, I found myself uh, compromising and giving them more time on that. And as I did that, I watched my boys drift away as mm-hmm. far as their attention span, mm-hmm. uh, what's going on in the home and what we do do 
I had to get back to that. Mm-hmm. And the main thing what we just started do with our four year old is we started going taking him to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now he we are teaching him about God at four years old and getting started. And at the same time, our 14 year old grandson, who we just came into our lives within the last couple of years, uh, we are also introducing him to the Lord also. Mm-hmm. So that alone takes up. So it's so helpful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just them sitting there in the pews and being there for an hour or so and seeing us give our time to God. Again, modeling, reflecting. More is caught than taught. Isn't it? Yes. And we have to walk it out. You think of Jesus <laughs> confronting the Pharisees for their taught. hypocrisy, you know, and uh, he, he, he reserved his most, most uh, vicious words, I guess you could say, for the religious leaders because they, they were destroying the people that they were fathering, uh, so to speak. And we can get caught in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I get to thinking that, okay, I know how this is supposed to be. This is how my boy is going to be raised. You're going to act like this. You're going to behave this way. This is the way I was raised and this is the way you're going to. And I need to understand and, uh, realize that they're their own individual characteristics. And I don't want to snuff that. But I do want to continue to keep some guidelines and some borders. But a lot of times I get to thinking that you're the child. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the expert here. And no. Yeah, being heard is important. Yes. You know, uh, to to not be talked at, but but with. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's so important to listen. Yes. And you mentioned that earlier, Gardal. And that is such a critical thing that I find in, in, you know, Pastoral counseling, so many times a lot of family problems are related to the lack of listening. Exactly. And people get frustrated when they're not heard. And and many times they'll get over it if you don't agree, but the problem is you you can't even not agree if you haven't heard heard. Yeah, if you haven't even heard them. And even my four-year-old, he may talk in some broken things like that, but just by listening, I'll pick up on pieces about exactly what he is talking about yeah. here. Or I'll go get his mom to translate for him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, my my daughter, Heather, is now 18. and I, why, why does God allow them to get to be 18? I mean, you know, keep them at like 12 or Could something, you? right? Could no, she, I mean, what a beautiful she young is. lady. Yes, and, she is. And You're very great, blessed. Yeah, I'm blessed. She's yes. a great woman of God doing she great is. in college. But I remember when she was, uh, uh, I think it was two, two and a half, maybe three, I came and I was working in, in the fire service uh-huh. at that time a lot of responsibility and a lot of stuff going on and a lot of bozos i was having to deal with and, and i came home and i'm i'm about done with relationships you know i mean <laughs> day I, I don't want to see another human being really yeah, because anyways day that that's right so my, my little girl's sitting there and and she's calling my name and i'm going yeah yeah and i'm kind of just yeah. and she walks up to me this little two-year-old she takes my face in her hands and turns my face and says, Daddy. I mean, at two years yeah. old, she got yeah. it. I wasn't getting it. Do the, you you know, weren't paying attention. Yeah. And, and I have remembered that time and time and time again as an illustration. You know, we got to focus 100%. And let them talk. Let, let them vote. Because sometimes they'll come out with something that'll just fill you with joy. Like my boy comes running down the hallway the other day and said, Dad. Mom, praise the Lord. Oh, that is so cool. You know? That is so cool. And, I, and that fills you. Yes. You know? I have one of my little four-year-old grandson when he prays for Noni. That's me, Noni. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is just nothing more 
absolutely wonderful to yeah. know that your your grandchildren are praying and for you. And that was before that we just started taking me to church. We looked at each other like, okay, <laughs> we don't need any more signs than that. Let's get this yeah. started. <laughs> Guys, what about the fatherless? Let's let's uh, let's look at the fatherless for a bit. You know, Gardal in our community. And, and, and some may have fathers, but they are fatherless because there's no direction, you know. That's that true because far as I'm concerned, as far as any Christian man is concerned, there is no fatherless child. We are their fathers. We're in any, in a certain sense of the way, it is our obligation as Christian men to whenever we have an opportunity to reach out to one of these children, which a Christian man when it's true in his heart would do anyway, to let them know that, you know, there is a male that does care about them. I was watching the news last night. Was it early this morning? I don't know. The time change kind of threw me off. (laughs) And in a small town, a small community very close to us, Empire, 15-year-old boy shot out of drive-by. And, you know, they're thinking it's gang-related. You know, we don't probably, you know, who knows. senseless acts like this and we all know all of us around this table know it happens here we know it we see it we're involved in it we talk to the people many times that, that do these things. what you know what, what what's the answers you guys what's well i think we're losing them elaine we're losing them and it's too late at 1417. Absolutely. Really, Absolutely. You know, we, we got I mean, you, you know, Gardal, some of these, these gangbangers, it's a generational thing. And, Absolutely. And we got pictures of, of two year olds, three year olds throwing signs, you know, and that this, sort this of thing. Tattoos. And, but you, can you imagine, Gardal, what would happen if the body of Christ would get off its rear end out of the pew, start get walking in these and, streets? Absolutely. And start being fathers to the fatherless. And and with that, you know, you don't have to know the it all. It comes with humility. Be, oh my gosh! Why aren't we doing it, Mike? Why, why, why aren't I, we doing it? I think that? it's it's our it's our Western cultural idea of what church is. Church is a place. It's a thing. We a don't building. understand a building. The church is the body of Christ. The exactly. church is the people. The congregation may be on, you know, the street corner. Right. But the church is the body of Christ in the city, and we're supposed to be out in the city influencing. And I think that the big thing, Carl, because I run across this many times, guys will come into my office and, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about their families and some of the dynamics. They say, man, I, I just am so unprepared for this. I don't know what to do. And, you know, the, the great theologian Dirty Harry once said, <laughs> a man's gotta know his limitations. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And, and that, that's good theology, actually, because if, if we don't approach influencing young men, and I'm talking to, you know, exactly. you know, if we don't understand that we don't have it all nailed We're and not. that we have defects, but the big thing is they need to see God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son and God the Holy Spirit reflected in us exactly and that doesn't happen without a relationship we have to build relationships Elaine, with the community and i think that's what's missing today absolutely and there's so much trouble and, and, and danger in the world that many are afraid 
to step out into these streets and to come out sure. and, and, and say something. So a lot of their work is done through advancing vibrant communities. There are silent partners, mm. very, very supportive of us and the things that we do, but they're silent voices. These kids need to see, not hear. Thank you for saying yeah. that, Gardo. God mm-hmm. did not give us a, a spirit of fear. No. No. Okay. And, no. and somehow. We are empowered. Yes. Yeah. We are empowered. Well, go, go back to the, the voice of the martyrs. Oh, Story yeah. at the top of the hour. Yeah. yeah. She was not a wallflower. Okay. <laughs> there no. no fear no. covered with swords. That's right. What is that t-shirt that says no fear? You know, yeah. Yeah. Know yeah. With the zero marked yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is no fear. You know, when, 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 when God sends you on the mission and it's not a, you know, uh, uh, you know, take it by force thing. But it's the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus Christ reflected in us. And we I, have I, to believe that. We have to believe that we are anointed. We have to, we have to yes. believe that you know that you're walking in there for, to do the right thing and for the Lord. Great point. And if you believe that, then that, like he says, if, if I am with you, who can be against you? you well, the, and the enemy is going to tell us that we're, we're not up to snuff for that. We're, we're not quite ready isn't sure you're gonna back he's gonna tell you oh you can't do that they've got guns uh uh, uh, there's all kinds of prostitution and drugs and things like that you don't want to go over there doesn't mean it's gonna be easy no it doesn't well in elaine uh you know we've had the the privilege of being involved in project safe here in in stanislaus county great great project and you sit across and they they bring in the most violent gang bangers wisely one gang at a time yeah and and you you sit and and Al you you've been part of this you sit across from the table from this kid you know who shoots people who knifes people and you know what the guy bleeds red blood like the rest of us he he has a heart he has a soul he's he's gone a weird way and he's got his his values upside down but you know he he's who Christ died for and we can't just throw these kids away and say they're unapproachable. They are no. approachable. How did he get that way? That's right. He saw someone emulated, someone taught him, sure. exactly. someone schooled yes. him how to be a gangbanger. Amen. Yes. And okay? the times that we have sat across these tab- tables from these guys, Gardal, I-, I have to tell you, I wanted to wrap my arms around these sure. guys and take them home. Absolutely. And the thing about it is that they have, have no sense of, <clears throat> they believe that just truly the gang are the only people that care about them That's in right. this world. Yep. There is no God concept. Many of them want to go on with their education. They want to undo. Many of them, don't yeah. they, Mike? We've yeah. talked to them. Many of them are forced yeah, into this. They, they seriously, many of them. Now, maybe not all of As them. As Mike was saying, okay. generations of gender, after generation after generations of being brought in, broken into a school to become. Part of the family. These are families that are, are, are years and years ago back of drugs and gangs and different types of organized crime is what this is. What you see in the bottom row of these children are the ones that have been, uh, recruited. Yes. Okay. Right. We need soldiers as they pass on and go into prison and things like that. There's another kid right there the same day to take his place. Gardel, you've been in the environment and what's happening behind the prison walls, the jail walls. What's happening there with these guys who've who've had no positive male uh, figures? What do they default to without that influence? You'd be surprised that mental illness, uh, suicide, mm. 
homosexuality, all of these things deprived to where if someone is showing you love or, or concern or caring in any way, shape, or form, these guys are so starved for it, they are easily attracted and become a part of whichever it is that's giving them what they've never had. Mm. So uh, what you have now is the prisoners are now being released to the county jails. County jail low-case offenders are being released to the streets. Mm-hmm. You can really see a big demographics of what's going on in our streets now because a lot of guys that we kept locked up in the county, they have lowered their priorities as far as their their their, their danger to the to the to our, the community because we've got all of these other com- uh, prisoners coming from California Department of Corrections into our counties. They just sentenced a guy yesterday, 10 years, in the county jail. Before it was a year county time, then you go to prison. Sure. Yeah. So now you've got this influx of these hardcore criminals coming into the county where the doors from our juvenile halls are exactly where these kids go. After juvenile hall, it's county jail. Now you've got these hardcore prisoners out of CDC living in our county jails now due to you know the economy and cutbacks. Now you've got a whole new breed of guys schooling these youngsters coming in how to be hard, how, how to go about it. In our, in our jail and our prison systems, I think, Gardell, correct me if I'm wrong here, this is my perception. My perception is, even with the best of intentions, even maybe if there were some budget for it, are not going to turn these guys around. The system oh, no. cannot turn these guys around. It can't fix it. It can't fix it. And we have always been a society of, you know, lock them up. Okay. We, we didn't, for now, we're just starting to be rehabilitated instead of incarcerate, but it's late. It's late in the game. It's very late in the game. And if we as soldiers and Christian men don't get out there in the streets and do more of what Pastor Mike and I and all of us in this room are doing, it's going to get uglier. Is there any sense from from these guys that there's a concept, that there's a a God that actually loves them and cares for them and respects them? Well, I tell you that God is busy in behind the prison walls. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I will say that. God Mm -hmm. is busy behind the prison walls. I The most five important years of my life were spent in prison because that's where I truly Mm -hmm. came to know God Mm -hmm. and understand what he is expecting of me. So it's powerful back there. These guys now, remember the drugs are gone. The crime, the distraction, most of it is gone. It still exists back there behind the walls. But, you know, Satan's busy everywhere. You've got corrupt uh, guards. You've got, I mean, you've got prisoners with cell phones. Come on. What's up with that? You know, (laughs) cell phones, state prisoners have cell phones. They just found, what, 5,000 just confiscated here recently? Had a buddy call me the other day from a cell phone. He's been locked down for almost life. He's doing life. I get a phone call, and it's him talking to me on a cell phone from prison. Times have changed. (laughs) Times have changed. But see, Satan's not going to lose. We step up the game, he steps up his game. Cardo, we got... uh Got about two minutes. You know, every time you come here, it's like I we know. get started. Time flies. Time flies. Time flies. We got about uh, two minutes left. What uh, what words of encouragement do you? I mean, you're 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 there in the trenches, and and you're dealing with these guys. To to the average guy sitting in the pew today, Gardel, what encouragement? What prompting? Uh, and and maybe what confrontation would you give him today? Get out in the streets. Mm-hmm. Get up out your house. Put that remote control down. Yes. Get out in the streets. Walk the streets. Talk to kids. You don't have to have a special authority badge or a suit or a collar on, turn around backwards. You don't have to do that. 
a child, or these guys know your sincerity or not. Get up, get out there, and do something about it. And the kids on the street understand that issue of sincerity, whether you're being real or not. Oh, yeah, you can't fake them. I told you, they're smart. Yeah, they are. Okay, They're very smart. Yeah, they are. Gardal, as uh, as you look back, uh, you you had a mom that was praying oh. for you a lot. Let's she let's talk about. She still has a mom that's praying for you. <laughs> talk him. about the power we of love prayer. Your mom. And all of this. Ruby Kennedy. Ruby. Oh, My. Ruby, 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 Ruby. Yeah, that's all we so. can say. Cause <laughs> we've all been blessed mm. and exposed to her power. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, uh, me and my mom. You know, it was so much alike. We go up and down. We have our classes, we have our backs. I'm just now starting to call her back to talk to her after being mad at her for a week because she didn't see it my way. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that. But she has taught me how to be, and I love her, and she is my guide to the Lord. Well, let's. I want to revisit this one quote from Leonard Ravenhill. No man, I don't care how colossal his intellect, no man is greater than his prayer life. Oh, and your Amen. prayer warriors. Oh, we got to thank God for those who pray for us. All Amen, Gardo. All of them. I yes, need more. Give indeed. me some more. <laughs> well, we want to thank you. And Dorothy, thank you for coming and joining uh, and being our studio guest tonight. God bless you guys. And we'll continue prayers for Gardal, Dorothy, and your family. And dear friends listening, wherever you are, thank you for joining us yes. here on Lighthouse Live and supporting ABC here, Amen. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Join us again next time. And until then, may God continue to bless you. Good night. Good night.